the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I was just speaking to the production crew about... An article I ran across on the UK Daily Mail. The worst job in the world. I'll tell you about that here in a minute. 888-933-93-888-900-3393. And it's not Trump's press secretary. (laughs) That's not the worst job in the world. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at uh, getting ready to do the flip around here. And the White House press briefing is just wrapping up. So we won't get any of that into the flip around. But we'll see where the, uh, the cables talk shows and and news shows are at once we get into the into the flip around here on the chris salcedo show uh getting in touch with the program is easy to do via email if you go to facebook and you type in the chris salcedo show you'll find our facebook page and there's an email link right there and you can drop me an old traditional email or you can also follow on the facebook page it's a good way to see what issues are on our mind on the chris salcedo show and also allows you when you hear me talk about stuff here on the radio, you can share this stuff. And by the way, we have linked our Twitter account to our Facebook account. So whenever I post something on Facebook, it automatically updates Twitter. So if you follow me at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X as in Texas, you'll automatically be hit to see what you have to check out on the Facebook page. Blaze.com slash radio. That's how you listen to us live or the Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeartRadio app. On-demand listening. This is binge listening at your pleasure. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Make sure you visit theblaze.com and the channel section and follow the Salcedo Show there. Worst job in the world. Ellie, the worst <laughs> the worst job in the world. I'm, I'm flipping across my RSS feed. And, you know, I just had lunch. I sat down with a really nice guy by the name of Michael, uh, Michael Quinn Sullivan who runs in Power Texans, very big grassroots organization in Texas. As a matter of fact, we had a great conversation about some of his efforts in other states, helping other states mimic the success of the conservative movement in Texas. Anyway, so I just had lunch, but just before jumping on the air here, and then I ran across this story. The man with the worst job in the world. He lives in Bangladesh. 
<laughs> he lives in Bangladesh. And his job, Ellie, are you ready? His job is to clean out clogs in the sewer. Okay? But <laughs> they're kind of low-tech in Bangladesh. There's no snake or, uh, you know, the mechanical snake that they use. There's no heavy-duty machinery that, that they use to do this. What this guy has to do, and he's pictured on the daily... <laughs> Oh my gosh, the Daily UK Mail site. He has to take a deep breath. Oh my gosh. And he jumps into the sewer with the manhole cover off with, it looks like some sort of a pole. What? It's a bamboo pole that he has to get down into the sewer and clear the clog manually what <laughs> that's like that show dirty jobs well yeah like extreme dirty but jobs. extreme this is like shawshank redemption <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh can you and then he's looking up at the oh yeah i just just go ahead and in bathing in human excrement i can't imagine what's in that that he would have to manually unclog it <sighs> And there, there are rappers on the ground. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm not going to even post it on the Salcedo Show Facebook page. I don't want to see this anymore. It's just, oh, gosh. That, you win, dude. You win. You have the worst job in the world. Um, uh, next to Hillary Clinton's press secretary. Uh, welcome to it, everybody, the Chris Alcedo Show. We have a big show planned for you today. The chairman of the Ways and Means Committee will be on to talk with us about, among other things, this spending bill. This, I'm sorry, it's not a spending bill. It's an overspending bill. Remember that nothing that is agreed upon at this point, it's $1.1 trillion worth of spending, and none of it's, none of it's paid for. You know, I always marvel when you hear Democrats, well, here come these tax cuts. Where do you pay for it? These are people who ring up 600, 700, 800, over a trillion dollars worth of deficit in the last, in four years during the Obama administration. And no, none of these Democrats are saying, well, how are you going to pay for it? We have $20 trillion worth of not paying for it. Somehow it's virtuous to waste money on massive, bloated, ineffective entitlement programs. Oh, it's okay not to pay for that. Just put that on the credit card. But when it comes to giving the Americans more of their own money, well, how are you going to pay for it? Say these liberal idiots. And Republican leadership goes, okay, okay, I'll do it. Whatever you say, Chuck Schumer. Whatever you say. <laughs> oh, look, I, I'm not the only one that's a little ticked off about this. And I, and I'm, I'm laughing about it now. I had my, my moments of throwing stuff at the TV and getting a little ticked off, a little PO'd. But what, what else do you expect? This is what the Republican Party has done to the conservative movement for now decades. I don't think the Republicans realize that they got elected because they weren't Democrats, not because they were any 
anything resembling virtuous, anything resembling worth voting for. They were just the other guys in the room who were not Democrats. <laughs> okay, let me get to a shortened version of the flip around. Uh, we'll start off with CNN. Um, those questions will be uh, di- more difficult to answer. Uh, Stephen Collinson, you're uh, one of our White House reporters. Let me just bring you in this conversation here, pivoting from health care to, you know, the spending bill to now we heard uh, Sean Spicer asked a couple of questions about, of course, uh, the FBI director's testimony today and, and the mention of Hillary Clinton. Of course, she spoke publicly yesterday. Really, James really Comey. And blame- yeah, James Comey was uh, getting grilled before the Senate today. And he had, as a matter of fact, we pulled a question and answer a uh, rather lengthy one, which we'll get into here during the course of the program, uh, between he and Diane, um, uh, Diane, Diane Feinstein of California. So we'll touch base on that. Um, and of course, the Democrats wanted to know why didn't you hide what Hillary Clinton was up to? Why didn't you hide uh, the possibility that she had trafficked in more classified information across her unsecured server? Why didn't you hide it? Um, so so she could have won. <laughs> That was the nature of the questioning from Diane Feinstein. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, they also mentioned on, you guys didn't hear it, but it was also on the, on the uh, CG, the Chiron graphic on the lower third of the, te- of the television screen uh, about Donald Trump saying that some of this money in this budget could be used for his border wall. And Trump made allusion to this yesterday. To top that, We achieved the single largest increase in border security funding in 10 years. So we have more money now for the border than we've gotten in 10 years. The Democrats didn't tell you that. They forgot. In their notes, they forgot to tell you that. With enough money to make a down payment on the border wall. I think they'll go back and check their papers. This includes swiftly (laughs) replacing ineffective and failing fencing and walls with an unbreakable barrier. What Trump is saying, he's going to use some of the money anyway. (laughs) He's going to use some of the money anyway to help build some walls and repair some walls. So we'll see if that actually if that actually materializes. Let's go over to MSNBS. 20. He had this exchange with Senator Lindsey Graham. Very compelling TV. Is it fair to say that the Russian government is still involved in American politics? Yes. Is it fair to say we need to stop them from doing this? Yes, fair to say. Do you agree with me the only way they're going to stop is for them to pay a price for interfering in our political process? I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, okay. So what we're doing today is not working. They're still doing it. They're doing it all over the world, aren't they? Yes. So what kind of threat do you believe Russia presents to our democratic process, given what you know about Russia's behavior of late? Well, certainly, in my view, the greatest threat of any nation on Earth, uh, given their intention and their capability. Okay, uh, so Russia wants to destabilize our elections, which has been on their agenda, what, since the Soviet era? Duh. Now, granted, they have new tools at their disposal. And they, they, are, they have taken themselves from ally to adversary in recent years. But uh, I don't think anybody is, is suggesting that we don't make Russia pay a price for what they've done. 
uh, I, I, I'm all for it. I, I was for making Russia pay a price for when they invaded our when they invaded our allies in Ukraine. I think that it, they deserve to pay a price then. But if, if it's if it's demonstrated and it's proven that they're trying to interfere in our democratic process, make sure that um, they get smacked back mightily. I'm okay with that. Let's go over to Fox. By saying for once, you have a little bit of bipartisanship. That's what people want, isn't it, Dan? Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, it's in total short supply in Washington. I, I will say what Noel's saying probably applies to the spending bill, the stopgap measure they, they cobbled together to prevent a government shutdown. It's not a spending bill. It's an overspending bill. Get, get your terminology right. It's an overspending bill. None of it is paid for. Or virtually, I should say, virtually none of the $1.1 trillion is paid for. I think about maybe uh, three quarters of it isn't paid for. Because I think uh, the, the American people had taken from their, uh, from their pockets, from the, the federal government, somewhere around $2.5 trillion in taxes. And um, total... This is $1.1 trillion. No, wait, wait a minute. No. Actually, yeah, that's right. They have already spent, in, in just in, in six months of the fiscal year, the money that we gave them through our taxes. So this $1.1 trillion, it's already, this money uh, is all not paid for. We're, we're adding more money to the debt. Um, my, my understanding is, that we have uh, that the total for entire fiscal year 2017 will be a 4.15 trillion dollar bill. We have about two and a half to three trillion dollars in taxes. So the rest of it, yeah. So it looks like the majority of this will be in will be in deficit again, uh, close to a trillion dollars. Again, this is Obama's last budget. We all know and understand that. But and and note to the Republicans: if you don't get it right. 2017, 2018. Uh, you're not getting reelected. I can I can tell you that, and and, I, and that's not a threat. I'm just saying that if it's if, well, when we talk to Congressman Brady, uh, I'll let uh, a very famous voice say what I was just about ready to say. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So yesterday we um, we were taking apart the president over his interview with CBS, and part of the consternation was that he gave CBS the interview. Uh, we believe that Mr. Trump should conduct himself the way Mr. Obama did, and uh, keep keep media. That isn't that isn't going to treat him fairly 
at bay. You see, the funny thing about it is, is that Fox News would have treated Obama fairly. Um, would have been tough, but fair. Uh, these folks, like at CBS, they hate Donald Trump. Literally hate the man. And uh, they portrayed him in a very negative light, but he opened the door. And he deserved the criticism, I think. Uh, and we played these sound bites yesterday. Let me just remind all of you if uh, about, about this. This is Trump, and he was cutting the interview short. Did President Obama give you any advice that was helpful? That you think, wow, he well, really he was very nice to me, but after that, we've had some difficulties. Yeah, and it went on and on and on. And so then here comes John Dickerson of CBS News. He wants some details. Talking about it, and frankly, it should be discussed. I think that is a very big surveillance of our citizens. I think that's a very big topic, and it's a topic that should be number one, and we should find out what the hell is going on. I just wanted to find out, though, you're, you're the president of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he had tapped you. You can just... take any way. You can take it any way you want. But See, if, if you are the president of the United States and you're Donald Trump, and you tell CBS to take it any way they want, they're going to take it as if you're a fool and you're an idiot, which is exactly what they did. When you are the president of the United States and you say something, you tell folks what you mean. You tell folks what you mean. And that's not just President of the United States. When you are a man, when you are a person of conviction, you say something, you tell folks what you mean by it. What do you mean by that? Here's what I meant. Here's what I meant. In particular, when you're the President of the United States. I'm asking you because you don't want it you to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. Me. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the President of the United okay. States. It's enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. He then leaves Mr. Dickerson's side and then he goes over to his desk and he picks up a stack of papers and he starts looking at them. And the camera, the CBS camera, stays on him uncomfortably so uh, they would never have done anything like this for resident Obama. They remember there were stories after stories after stories uh, where these so-called news operations would edit out uncomfortable or unflattering details in interviews uh, of Obama they ended up on the cutting room floor or on the web version of their stories just so they could cover themselves. And the broadcast stuff, that all, all the embarrassing stuff was trimmed out, or most of the embarrassing stuff was trimmed out for the interest of time. You know, time considerations. Catch the full interview on our website. Of course, nobody ever did. They wouldn't give that accommodation to Donald Trump. So this leads us to uh, Colbert and what Colbert did last night. Now, you know what? I've only got two minutes. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get in, in everything I need to get in about Colbert, and then i got to talk with uh, Congressman Brady coming up next. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, uh, we're, we're going to save Stephen Colbert, and we will get into our interview on the other side of the break with Congressman Kevin Brady of Chairman of Ways and Means Committee and talk about all of this stuff. But let me just say, uh, I am, I am, Upset with Donald Trump because he conceded to an interview with hostile media. And it's not just hard-hitting journalism media. It's hostile 
dedicated Democrats who fancy themselves reporters. And so I'm, I'm some one of our producers on the Salcedo show today said to me, you don't give them the stick with which to beat you with. <laughs> it's true. Don't give them the stick to beat you with. Mr. Trump, do not take do not grant interviews to CBS, ABC, NBC or CBS or, 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 or CNN anymore. You don't owe it. And when they complain that they're not getting interviews, you just point out that Barack Obama didn't give any interviews to Fox or the Blaze during his occupation of the Oval Office. And none of these outlets complained one iota about that. So they have nothing to complain about here. Um, And again, the other thing I have to say is about the president of the United States, sir. When you say something, you better darn well be ready to back it up. This this notion of I'll leave it up to you to just determine what I said. Come on. Not only do you not get to do that when you're president of the United States, you don't get to do that when you're when you're a credible human being. You don't get to do that. So stop. Quit giving these people the stick to beat you with. You have important work to do. Up next, Chairman Brady of the Ways and Means Committee on the Salcedo Show. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. No reason to keep electing Republicans if this is what we're going to get with this budget deal, which pays, continually pays for sanctuary cities, funds Obamacare, funds the EPA, gives money, Planned Parenthood, no money for the wall. If you're asking, what am I voting for Republicans for? You have a legitimate question. This is one of the reasons Donald Trump was elected. This is the swamp. This is what needs to be drained. The way the budget happens. The way legislation happens. Who's responsible for it? That there, of course, is Rush Limbaugh. And his take on this, well, it can't be classified anything but this, overspending bill. It's not a spending bill. It's an overspending bill. And let me talk more about this with our next guest. Congressman Kevin Brady represents the 8th Congressional District, the great state of Texas. He is chairman of the Powerful Ways and Means Committee, folks, uh, and a key point man on the effort to rid the country of Obamacare and and the all-important tax reform. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No, the pleasure was mine. So, look, I, I, I've been, I just played the soundbite of Rush uh, and his description of this budget deal, and I Look, I don't want to get into, uh, and, and I, you know, every single time that I talk about having you or other congressmen on, uh, the folks get pretty angry. I get the emails, you know, t- saying, rake them over the coals, don't let them off the mat, don't, you, and y- that, that will lead to you and I just arguing, and nobody's going to learn anything. Yes, sir. So, uh, l- let's just stipulate a couple, of, a, a couple of points. A lot of your constituency and a lot of the rank and file conservatives around the country are not happy with this spending bill, can, or, or this overspending yeah. bill. Can, can we agree with that? Yes. Okay. And, and I add, and I would say I'm just as frustrated. So okay, very well. Let's 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 go over this point by point because I really want to get the tax reform and to and to the Obamacare uh, modification that's that's going to be happening here. Yeah. Uh, 
omnibus overspending. Now, these are the highlights that the president and his administration came out and said this was the good stuff. $15 billion increase on defense spending, even though the president had asked for $30 billion. Yeah. $1.5 billion for a border security, but it can't be used for a border wall or we can't hire more immigration officials. I'm not sure why, okay, where that money is going. Uh, the question, why didn't the GOP insist that Democrats fully fund our government by fully funding the 2006 Secure Fence Act? Do you know the answer? Yeah, so um, on both of those, um, and I'm not going to oversell this at all. This is right. how I see it. We finally broke the, the tie that Obama had between defense and frivolous other spending. So we got the defense funding, not all we wanted. Uh, big difference from where we're at. We did get a billion in, in board security. It is going to be fencing, by the way. It's that bollard fencing, the type you can see through, but also the other deterrence detection that our border agents asked us for. So pretty smart stuff there. I, I want to complete the wall, uh, border wall funding for the, for the next budget year. I'm, I back the president on this as well. Now, um, uh, l- let me ask you this, because yeah. it, we're, we've been pretty hot on this, uh, Congressman, that Remember when when Ted Cruz insisted that we not fund the cancer that is Obamacare and then he was accused and then all of you were accused of shutting down the government. Remember that? Because because Republicans didn't fully fund government and Obamacare, uh, much to our consternation, was a a law that was passed by Congress that was signed into law by an an occupier of the Oval Office. So, too, is the 2006 Secure Fence Act. As a matter of fact, that was a bipartisan act, but it's not being fully funded. Why didn't the GOP put this in the Democrats' face saying, hey, you're not fully funding government. You're going to shut down the government just like Ted Cruz did if you don't fully fund the 2006 Secure Fence Act. Why didn't they insist on that? So, great question. Step back one minute on Secure Fence. So, we approved and funded or approved 700 miles of secure fencing, plus a bunch of other stuff. So the funding in here allows that fencing to continue to complete that. The president's uh, wall in board security goes beyond that, which is true. We didn't get more money for that new effort, but the, the $1 billion takes us to the highest border security level in a decade and does allow us to continue to finish out that project, including sort of the new design of fencing border agents, border security has brought us. Okay. And, so we, and are, so, but, no, we are, Chris, look, we are making progress on the, on the, the old initiative. The question is, are we going to go beyond that and get serious both at the border and interior enforcement as well, which I think is just as important. But, but we can't, but you and I can agree that the 2006 Secure Fence Act has not been funded. Is that correct? No, so those dollars do go toward that. Now, I will double-check to see if it is fully completed, but yes, of that remaining 50 or 60 miles of fencing, these dollars um, go toward that. And I will check yeah, we're, yeah, we're about. Yeah, we're about 300 miles short on the Secure Fence Act. So, and a lot, a lot of folks reasoned that President Trump could use that money okay. to to start new construction. So, so let's I've move on. Numbers on the miles that are left, but I'll double check it for you. Be glad cool. to. Thank you, Congressman. Okay, yep. let's move on to where conservatives are really upset. Um, overall, th- this is uh, Reuters reporting, I believe. Uh, or Bloomberg, sorry. Overall, the compromise resembles more of an Obama administration-era spending bill. 
and uh, the National Institutes of Health were, were fully funded. They see a $2 billion boost, as a matter of fact, reflecting the popularity of medical research among lawmakers. Deal includes $990 million for famine aid, along with $1.1 billion boost for disaster relief. Includes money for uh, more money for Planned Parenthood, H-2B no. visas. Yeah. Um, no. Legislation includes yeah, so, language that would withhold. Let me just finish, and I'll, and I'll let you yeah. go in. Uh, includes language that would withhold federal funding from so-called sanctuary cities. That the sanctuary cities are fully funded, and the legislation also leaves in place Obama-era financial reform language. Uh, wh- where did where did Bloomberg go wrong? Yeah, I think they got it uh, wrong. Definitely wrong on Planned Parenthood. In fact, uh, this bill not only uh, does not fund Planned Parenthood. All that occurs in Medicaid, which is outside this bill, uh, where we we defund it in the Obamacare repeal. But it gives the president the ability, first time, to be able to withhold funding from the U.N. Population Fund, where they're doing worldwide abortion-type uh, pro-abortion activities. So I think this is actually – I'm, I'm 100% pro-life. We have adoptive kids only because uh, two women chose life. And so I take this one seriously. So we mm-hmm. gave the president more authority to stop the funding for this. All right. The national debt. Thing, system. That, that other thing that didn't they didn't talk about. But again, I'm not going to oversell this. Here's where we got some some things I think are important. Continued cuts in the EPA. No longer funding for the climate change uh, initiatives there. The ability to roll back a bunch of regulations across a broad board. Uh, um, uh, of Obamacare executive actions and overreaches. I think those were good, solid wins, but let's not oversell this. My frustration, and it always comes down this shutdown, as long as we have a Senate that has 60 votes that gives control to the Schumers of the world versus moving our Republican agenda, we're not going to see the wins we want. Are you in favor of... Are you in favor of reducing that threshold to a a simple majority? I think they should waive it for our constitutional responsibilities. And funding the government, especially security, to me, is one of them. All right. Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Yeah. Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, folks. uh, Congressman Kevin Brady is our guest right now. Uh, A couple of more things. Uh, How will you vote on the omnibus? Yes. I will vote yes. You'll vote yes? Okay. And. You've been around Congress a long time. I, I, I want I want to get your sense. Just give me your read, and then I want to move on to to tax reform. Give me your read of those 535 individuals who are your colleagues. How many of them are aware of the current trajectory that Congress has this this country on fiscal insolvency, as our budgets have increased 2015 from 3.8 trillion, 2016 to 3.85 trillion, and now because of this spending package, 4.15 trillion for a budget and the american people are are not even anywhere near giving that as far as taxes how many of your colleagues as a percentage are aware of the disastrous trajectory we're on fiscally in this country i think there are 241 republicans who are fully aware of it and one thing to think about chris because i've been in these budget fights a long time you know how are you actually are really smart about this you know two-thirds of our budget uh, are on automatic spending. All of our fights have been on this one-third, this this type of bill. Yep. It's the day-to-day operations. We've actually, through these fights, shrunk the day-to-day back to, to almost pre-Obama levels. So we've made some decent progress there. But 
if we don't address and make our Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, these entitlements sustainable, we won't get uh, our, our financial house in order, which is why in this Obamacare repeal, we have right. the first Medicaid reform, these state block grants that actually cut almost a trillion dollars out of that by giving control of states. I'm telling you, both on taxes, mandates, defunding Planned Parenthood and Medicaid reform, we've got huge conservatives wins in that Obamacare repeal bill, which is why that's that's where I'm spending my time right now. Congressman Kevin Brady, everybody. He is the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Thank you for your time. And we'll get you back on very soon here on the Chris Salcedo Show. All right, folks, back in a minute. 888-900-3393. That's the phone number. Be right back. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. Let's deal with Colbert. Uh, Colbert uh, stood up for his network, CBS, the biased network. They hate Trump. Their news operation hates Trump. A bunch of leftists, a bunch of Democrats. So here's Colbert on national television last night. Walking out in the middle of a sentence wasn't even the president's biggest insult to John Dickerson. And I think actually I've been very consistent. You know, it's very funny when the fake media goes out, you know, which we call the mainstream media, which sometimes I must say is you. But when the you fake... Me personally or... Uh, your show. I love your show. I call it Deface the Nation. Really? Now, now Colbert is very upset that... Uh, President Trump insulted John Dickerson. Very upset. Uh, John Dickerson is a good left winger, a good biased uh, left wing. Uh, you can't call him a journalist. Let's just call him reporter, I guess. You can call him a reporter, but not a journalist. And uh, now, but but all this said, uh, Mr. Dickerson is also uh, the line of questioning when he was talking about Mr. Trump to to define what he meant by his tweet. That was, that was not an unfair line of questioning. Stop the watches right twice a day. So Colbert's very angry that Donald Trump fought back and had a, a creative name for Deface the Nation. And so here goes, that's the launching pad for Colbert. Donald Trump, John Dickerson is a fair-minded journalist and one of the most competent people who will ever walk into your office. <laughs> now that's funny. Now that, that's the funniest dang thing I think I've ever heard Colbert say. What a joke Colbert just told. John Dickerson is fair. <laughs> CBS is fair. <laughs> Oh, that's a riot. So on this on this false premise, you know, Colbert leftist loon 
uh, launched into his tirade. And you treat him like that? Now, John Dickerson has way too much dignity to trade insults with the President of the United States to his face. But I, sir, am no John Dickerson. And when you... Okay? All right? Let me introduce you... Let me introduce you to something we call the Tiffany Way. When you insult one member of the CBS family, you insult us all. Really? So it's it's all for one and one for all. Let's let's go with that, Mr. Colbert. Bazinga! All right, here we go. All right, get the gloves off. Mr. Trump, your presidency. I love your presidency. I call it disgrace the nation. You're not the POTUS. You're the bloatus. You're the glutton with the button. You're a regular gorge, Washington. You're the president, but you're turning into a real prictator. <laughs> Sir, you attract more skinheads than free Rogaine. You have more people marching against you than cancer. You talk like a sign language gorilla who got hit in the head. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. The beeped word was a, a rather crude uh, synonym for a part of the male anatomy, a blank holster. That's what Donald Trump, the president of the United States, mouth is good for, according to Stephen Colbert, a member of the Tiffany Network of CBS. All for one and one for all, right, Mr. Colbert? You are a reflection of CBS. And you just basically said that the sitting president of the United States, his mouth was useful as a holster for a part of the male anatomy. All for one and one for all, right, Mr. Colbert? presidential library is going to be a kid's menu and a couple of jugs magazine. The only thing smaller than your hands is your tax returns. And you can take that any way you want. So there you go. Uh, I think Mr. Colbert. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, here we go. Hour two is underway here on the Salcedo Show. Glad you've tuned in, everybody. Yeah, you know what? You just heard the top of the hour news. The trending on Twitter, at least earlier this morning, was Fire Colbert. I don't care who you are. I mean, if I cannot recall we conservatives ever saying anything that rivaled what he said about Donald Trump. Vlad, uh, a part of the male appendage being in his, in his mouth. You know, you know who's really upset about this? According to Variety, Variety magazine says the gays are upset about this. Um. Uh, Variety says that Colbert is in hot water because it was a homophobic remark. 
I guess the angle is you say like you say you say that Donald Trump is his mouth is a receptacle for a certain part of the male anatomy as if it's a bad thing. <laughs> I I guess that's their take. I uh whatever. He's pissed everybody off. Stephen Colbert. By the way, Stephen Colbert said he speaks for CBS. I mean, all for one and one for all, right? I think, Mr. Colbert, you are emblematic of the caliber of individual who works over at uh, Network CBS. I think you reflect them perfectly, even those in the news operation, right down to your bias. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's... I, I don't want, you know, people are saying to fire him. I don't want him fired. Uh, I want him promoted. I think he should be the head of the news division. I think that Mr. Colbert is perfectly, perfectly in line with what passes for CBS News these days. <laughs> okay. Um, where was I going to go? Oh, yeah. Okay. James Comey. No, hold on. Before I get to, before I get the Comey, there's a couple of other stories I wanted to get out to you guys. Uh, number one is where'd it go? I just had it here a second ago. There it is. This is one of the top performing posts on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Which, by the way, you can just type in the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook, and you will find it uh, on Twitter. By the way, at Chris Salcedo TX. Director of VA hospital fired for misconduct after wait time scandal. Now, guys, you had to remember, this is the caliber of individual that Mr. Obama had populating his government. Okay. The director of Veterans Affairs Hospital in Louisiana has been fired for misconduct and failure to follow uh, and failure to follow policy after serving a scandal-ridden three years in his position. Toby Matthew was hired as the director of the Overton Brooks VA Medical Center in Shreveport, Louisiana in 2014, right there at the pinnacle of the Obama era of bloat in government. Four months later, in October, reports surfaced that patients would routinely go without sheets, pajamas, or proper toiletries while the hospital spent millions on new furniture, TVs, and solar panels. Now, this is a left-winger's priorities. This is a liberal's priorities. That patients slash veterans would have to endure soiled sheets, pajamas, not proper toiletries, so that Mr. Obama's fight against the imaginary man-made global warming could be won. So the taxpayer dollars could be diverted from those, you know, those pesky little military guys that Mr. Obama really didn't care much about, as evidenced by his tenure in office and who he staffed the Veterans Administration with. The the upper echelon, I should add, not the rank and file who did the best they could 
in a failed system, in a, in a, a system that has no prayer of ever serving our military veterans the way they deserve. The VA system is socialized medicine, and it will always fail because it can't succeed. I'll say that again. The VA system can not succeed. Why? Because it's socialism, and socialism never has and never will succeed. Never has and never will. No matter, no matter what they do, it's a flawed system. So, Mr. Obama hires him in 2014, and he stays on all the way through all of these scandals because, hey, <clears throat> what's really important is that he, he did his bit for the planet by using taxpayer money to buy solar panels, by using taxpayers' money to buy TV sets, by using the taxpayers' money to buy new furniture. Because that's really what the VA is all about, folks. You guys know the Veterans Administration is all about new televisions and uh, showcasing brand new furniture and uh, solar panels. It's just like NASA under Obama was Muslim outreach. Uh, the VA was about, uh, you know, fighting ma uh, man-made global warming. See, I was, I was under the impression the VA was there to uh, help our veterans with medical care. Apparently not. So Toby Matthew was able to keep his job. And you fast forward to um, the Trump administration in 2017, and this guy's out on his worthless rear end. The VA hospital was investigated after social worker Shea Wilkes discovered a secret wait list of 2,700 names in 2013. Included on this list were 37 veterans who had died waiting care. So Toby Matthew was brought in to quote-unquote fix things. I wonder whose political campaign he donated to, to to get this cushy post. Huh? At least he thought it was cushy. Didn't really take it seriously. Matthew was fired this year on April 13th for charges related to general misconduct and failure to follow policy and provide effective oversight of the center's credentialing and privileging program, according to an internal VA memo obtained by Fox News. Lawmakers learned the hospital's issues were uh, under Matthew last year. High-ranking doctor followed the example of Wilkes, who became a high-profile advocate for whistleblowers and wrote a 16-page report dated September 2, 2016. Again, still of the Obama era, sending it to the Veterans Affairs Secretary Bob McDonald and two members of Congress. But it took Donald Trump getting into office to act, to actually fire someone for this type of activity. In, in a Democrat administration, this type of crap is, is applauded and rewarded. You get to keep on collecting the taxpayer-funded paycheck. In the Trump administration, it's, it, there's a different standard. Oh, you're screwing with veterans and you're not really qualified for your job? Oh, and you're, you know buying TVs and solar panels and and furniture with money you should be using for sheets, pajamas, and proper toiletries and the proper care of the veterans. Oh, you're out on your worthless rear end. Goodbye. There need to be more firings like this. There need to be there needs to be a cleaning house at the Veterans Administration. 
because like the government-run education system, many liberals see the VA and other government programs as an adult jobs program rather than what they're supposed to be there to do. And again, I some serious reformation needs to happen inside of that VA because it is, it is a failed system and it is not doing what it was designed to do. Telephone number is 888 You found the Salcedo Show. We'll get to Comey and Feinstein. Feinstein and Comey coming up next. Oh, by the way, and Hillary Clinton. We uh, touched base on this a little bit yesterday. She's out there talking. Uh, she blames herself, finally, for her loss. Oh, wait a minute. No, she doesn't. Then she blames Comey and, and WikiLeaks. <laughs> I got the sound bites. It's all coming up on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. Salcedo Show. Uh, we'll probably get more into this tomorrow, but there was one exchange with Comey uh, on the hot seat today in the Senate that, that caught my attention. It was a rather lengthy exchange he had with Senator Dianne Feinstein, and it said so much about where the Dems are now, about their denial. This is, I'm going to break this up. I'm not going to play the entirety. I'll, I'll, I'll comment in between but this this shows how butthurt democrats are over the results of the election and it's uh it's quite revealing and uh here's comey and feinstein you'll hear the senator from california the most pressing thing on her mind when when talking to the fbi director director i have one question regarding my opening comment and I view it as a most important question, and I hope you will answer it. Why was it necessary to announce 11 days before a presidential election that you were opening an investigation on a new computer without any knowledge of what was in that computer? Why didn't you just do the investigation as you would normally with no public announcement? And it wasn't a public announcement. It was an announcement to folks in Congress, and, and Congress made it public. He had an obligation, and you'll hear James Comey explain this in a little more detail. What if it had turned out that Hillary Clinton did win, and that James Comey sat on information? You see, this is what really, this is what Dianne Feinstein is really complaining about, is that truth about senator clinton is what torpedoed her and if it were up to democrats they would have kept the truth from the american people that's what they do for crying out loud it's what obama did for eight years he lied to the american people for eight years about everything he was up to everything he wasn't doing from al-qaeda to obamacare to our fiscal health, absolutely lied 
So here's James Comey's response. Yeah, great question, Senator. Thank you. Um, October 27th, the investigative team that had finished the investigation in July, focused on Secretary Clinton's emails, asked to meet with me. So I met with them that morning, late morning, in my conference room, and they laid out for me what they could see from the metadata on this fella Anthony Weiner's laptop that had been seized in an unrelated case. <laughs> this fella, the former Democrat congressman, Anthony Weiner, his wife, uh, Uma Weiner, Uma Abedin Weiner, uh, apparently had been funneling information to Anthony Weiner's laptop from Hillary Clinton. Why was that happening? And it came from her unsecured server. Why was that happening? Did, did Anthony Weiner, the disgraced congressman from New York, did he have security clearance to have that on his laptop? I don't think so. What they could see from the metadata was that there were thousands of Secretary Clinton's emails on that device, including what they thought might be the missing emails from her first three months as Secretary of State. Her, her, her missing emails. They weren't missing, sir. They were deleted. They weren't missing. They were deleted. Mrs. Clinton took bleach bit in some cases to get rid of these emails so they couldn't be recovered. <laughs> missing. It makes it sound like, oh, well, well, these emails just disappear. We can't find them. No, with in willful intent, she hid them. We never found any emails from her first three months. She was using a Verizon BlackBerry then, and that's obviously very important because it, if there was evidence that she was acting with bad intent, that's where it would be in the but first three months. But they weren't there. Look, can I just finish my answer, Senator? Yeah. And so they came in and said, we can see thousands of emails from the Clinton email domain, including many, many, many from the Verizon Clinton domain, BlackBerry domain. They said, we think we got to get a search warrant to go get these. And the Department of Justice agreed we had to go get a search warrant. So I agreed. I authorized them to seek a search warrant. And then I faced a choice. And I've lived my entire career by the tradition that if you can possibly avoid it, you avoid any action in the run-up to an election that might have an impact, whether it's a dog catcher election or president of the United States. But I sat there that morning, and I could not see a door labeled no action here. I could see two doors, and they were both actions. One was labeled speak. The other was labeled conceal. So that, that was his choice. Now, remember, I, the scenario I laid out for you. Now, now what if the, the shoe was on the other foot? What if Comey had information on Trump that would have called into question his, his ability to be president effectively. And he sat on it so he, didn't, so he didn't affect the election. Would Democrats be happy about that? No, of course not. Of course not. Um, Comey continued. I mean, this was his choice, the way he looked at it. I could either be silent, and then I would have been really up a creek if something had been there and she ended up being president. Then I would have been accused of being partisan and protecting the Democrats. Or I could have spoke up and made sure that somebody knew what I was doing and that I was dotting every I and crossing every T. And that's what he's saying. Because here's how I thought about it. I'm not trying to talk you into this, but I want you to know my thinking. Having repeatedly told this Congress, we are done and there's nothing there. There's no case there. There's no case there. 
to restart in a hugely significant way, potentially finding the emails that would reflect on her intent from the beginning and not speak about it would require an act of concealment, in my view. And so I stared at speak and conceal. Speak would be really bad. There's an election in 11 days. Lordy, that would be really bad. Concealing, in my view, would be catastrophic not just to the FBI, but well beyond. And honestly, as between really bad and catastrophic, I said to my team, we've got to walk into the world of really bad. I've got to tell Congress that we're restarting this, not in some frivolous way, in a hugely significant way. And the team also told me, we cannot finish this work before the election. And then they worked night after night after night, and they found thousands of new emails. They found classified information. I'm sorry. What did he just say? Ellie, did you hear what James Comey, the director of the FBI, just said? Yes. What did he just say? And tell Chris, yes, he should be listening. I hear him in the background. No. (laughs) Here's what he said. After night, and they found thousands of new emails. They found classified information. They found classified information sent from Hillary Clinton's unsecured server to Anthony Weiner, a man who didn't even have security clearance on a laptop he shared with his wife, Uma Abedin Weiner. My question is, why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? Why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? It's, he, ju- he just confirmed again for us that classified information was sent with Hillary Clinton's unsecured server and ended up on Uma Abedin Wiener's laptop with her husband, Anthony Wiener, the pervert, who didn't have security clearance. Why is she and they not in jail? That's that's not legal. But according to, and this is what he's going to get into, James Comey, remember what his excuse was? You can't violate the law in the United States unless there's intent. You know, I was I was always brought up, well, ignorance of the law is no excuse. If you break the law, but you didn't intend to break the law, you still broke the law. Unless you're Hillary Clinton, that is. And then if you're Hillary Clinton, the only time you can ever serve time for breaking the law is if you intended to break the law. Otherwise, you get to say, oops, my bad, sorry. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo show. Uh, before we get back to Comey and Feinstein, just some headlines I want to get out to you guys. Uh, apparently, the French elections are starting to turn. Remember uh, Macron, who who married his drama teacher, who was uh, having an inappropriate sexual relationship when he, with him when he was in high school, married her. Um, <laughs> apparently, the French electorate is turning on him. Now, the latest polling I saw still had him ahead. Uh, which I think it was by double digits. But they've got a debate coming up, and a lot of people are saying that if if Le Pen does, Marine Le Pen does well, it could sink this guy. 
um, it, that he's got that she's got the wind at her back right now, and he has everything to lose in this debate. She has everything to gain. Um, very interesting. Also, the backlash is growing. Apparently, not just your liberty-loving Latino here thinks that uh, an individual shouldn't speak of the sitting president of the United States in such a disparaging manner as Stephen Colbert did on national television. Uh, apparently, more and more people are, are saying that he, he went too far. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to monitor this. And you know what? Again, I thought it was fascinating how those in the gay community took offense. Uh, that, that, that Stephen Colbert said that uh, Mr. Trump's mouth being a receptacle for a holster, if you will, for, is what he said, for a certain part of the male anatomy, that Colbert said it like it was a bad thing. And gays, gay men, are, 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 are taking exception to this, this man, this leftist by the name of uh, Stephen Colbert, depicting that as a, as a bad thing. I found it. I, I never would have thought of that angle until somebody pointed out that. And by the way, the write-up from Variety, I, I posted it on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. I thought it was fascinating, but I just thought on a, an appropriateness level that it was, you know, it, it's just a step too far. It shows the disintegrating values of the American left. And Stephen Colbert is the poster child for the disintegrating values of the American left. No propriety. Uh, everything is fine as long as you get your way. He, he reminds me of a, a vapid temper tantrum throwing child, just like, uh, the occupier of the Oval Office that Mr. Colbert supported, Obama. Obama and Colbert, uh, foot-stomping, whiny children. And uh, this little boy, Colbert, might get a spanking for what he did on national, national, you, national television. You naughty little boy, Colbert, bad boy. Too far? I, hey, I didn't, I didn't say anything to spare. I'm keeping it G-rated here on the Salcedo Show. Uh, we didn't talk about this because I watched, speaking of late night TV, I watched Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel give a monologue about what happened with the birth of his son and how he had heart disease. And I, I, put my, I immediately put myself in his position. And uh, at that point, you want to do anything you can to save your child. And uh, he was obviously emotional and it was genuine. I didn't think he was contrived at all, but here comes uh, Charlie hurt from our pals over the Washington times who says, uh, shut up, Jimmy Kimmel, you elitist creep. <laughs> that was like, Whoa, that's a, that's an opinion piece in the Washington times. And, and I saw Charlie react to this the other night on Fox News, on Fox News Channel on the panel. And he, he didn't appreciate what Jimmy Kimmel had done, tugging the heartstrings to justify socialism. And you know what? The only thing I will say on this to, to Jimmy Kimmel is, you know, man, I, what you're going through 
with your child. I mean, I think every parent can empathize and, and uh, our hearts go out to you. And I just don't think what you're going through with your child and what countless other parents have gone through with their children justify socialism. I don't, I, I don't think it's a justification for, for left-wing extremism, for, for communism or socialistic programs in the United States of America. But I, I can empathize. I just don't think that uh, government is the solution to your problem. As a matter of fact, I think government is, will exacerbate the problems, as it typically does. Uh, government of the United States should, should be relegated to what its responsibilities are under the Constitution and only under the Constitution. But that, that, and all, that, that being said doesn't take away from my empathy and my sympathy for what you're going through and, uh, and what's going on with your son. Now, Charlie Hurt... <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy Kimmel, you elitist creep. I think he has a different take than I do. But uh, we'll move on. Back to Comey and Feinstein. Here is uh, uh, James Comey responding. And, of course, Comey just got through saying that what they found on Anthony, Anthony Weiner, Carlos Danger's laptop. Ellie, you know what, where Carlos Danger comes from, right? No. <sighs> How old are you? Can I, I just ask? I will not disclose millenn- that on the air. I will not disclose that on the You're a millennial, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, Clint, keep it down back there, will you? <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Carlos Danger was his online name, so they wouldn't know it was Anthony Weiner, oh. the, f- the disgraced congressman from New York. It, Carlos Danger was his name. I got a parody of that somewhere. I might dig that up. Anyhow, so uh, Comey says, yeah, found all kinds of classified information on Anthony Weiner, Carlos Danger, Uma Abedin's laptop. And uh, it was sent from Hillary Clinton's unsecured server. On Anthony Weiner, somehow her emails are being forwarded to Anthony Weiner, including classified information. Somehow, just magically, somehow it happened. Don't know how. It was magic. Oh, 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 it's magic. <laughs> so are we allowed to sing? Nope, nobody's going to actually get me for copyright infringement if I, because that, that's what I just did is hardly it's singing, right? <laughs> you don't have to agree so dang fast. Okay. By her assistant, Huma Abedin. And so they found thousands of new emails and then called me the Saturday night before the election and said, thanks to the wizardry of our technology, we've only had to personally read 6,000. We think we can finish tomorrow morning, Sunday. And so I met with them and they said, we found a lot of new stuff. We did not find anything that changes our view of her intent. So we're in the same place we were in July. It hasn't changed our view. And I asked them lots of questions. And I said, okay, if that's where you are, then I also have to tell Congress that we're done. Look, this is terrible. It makes me mildly nauseous to think that we might have had some impact on the election. But honestly, it wouldn't change the decision. Everybody who disagrees with me has to come back to October 28th with me and stare at this and tell me what you would do. Would you speak or would you conceal? And I could be wrong. But we honestly made a decision between those two choices that even in hindsight, and this has been one of the world's most painful experiences, I would make the same decision. And see, here's the issue that I have. That, that, that James Comey set up this false predicate that because Hillary Clinton didn't want to, uh, or d- didn't 
intend to violate the law that she's somehow innocent. That trafficking classified information and then seeking to hide it, the fact that she did so, and then lied about doing so, I think she's as guilty as the day is long. And, and, and according to the FBI director, there is something in the law that prevents us from actually prosecuting her. And, and I don't get it. 888 When we get back, I'm going to search for our Anthony Weiner, Carlos Danger parody. I'll see if I can find it and we'll play it on the other side of the break. Right here on The Blaze. The antidote to the Brian Williams press. The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, it, it wasn't the, the parody I was looking for, but it's one of the many. Apparently, we have a, a whole treasure trove of Anthony Weiner parodies because, well, he's he is. Uh, well, he, let's just say that he is ripe for for making parodies. So here's one of them. WBAP players helping me out with this one. This is. Well, enjoy. This is Anthony Weiner. Now, waking up junior, you know what that was allusion to, right, Ellie? The last time he got into texting trouble, you know, texting his private parts to perfect strangers, he had his kid pictured with him doing it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Right right there on the bed next to him, Mom, and... That's why uh, he and Uma Abedin Wiener had to uh, had to to split because it was causing a problem for the for the Hillary Clinton campaign uh, to have her her right hand lady married to such a deviant, and that brings us. <laughs> I mean, texting your your junk to com- to complete strangers, it just icky, icky, Democrat. Democrat Anthony Weiner. Everybody, everybody in the media always seems to forget to mention the fact that he was, uh, he was, uh, he, he tried to make a comeback too. Tried to run for New York mayor. You know what? And, and everything that he's done, I, I still think he'd be better than De Blasio. <laughs> I think many of you New Yorkers out there would probably be able to put up with Anthony Weiner's, uh, shall we say, proclivities, rather than being under the yoke of full tote. Uh, uh, full-on total communism and socialism under comrade de blasio 800 888-900-3393-888-900-3393 it's chris salcedo's show hillary out there talking with the fake journalist from cnn christian amanpour hillary is claiming she is now part of the resistance 
I can't be anything other than who I am. And I spent decades learning about what it would take to move our country forward, including people who you know, clearly didn't vote for me, uh, to try to make sure that we dealt with a lot of these hard issues that are right around the corner, like robotics and artificial intelligence, and things that are really going to be upending uh, the economy for the vast majority of Americans, to say nothing of the rest of the world. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now back to being an activist citizen and uh, part of the resistance. Yes, and she gets applause for that, you know. What would happen if Mitt Romney had said that he was going to, or John McCain, not that, not that they would have the stones to do that, but uh, had said that they were going to be part of the resistance against Obama. Would it have been met with applause as it is treated in most arenas of the of the basket of biased press or certainly in front of those in front of those liberals in that audience? Then Hillary they got into discussion about the election and this is perfect Hillary Clinton. This is quintessential Clinton where she accepts full responsibility right before she starts blaming everybody else. I, I take absolute personal responsibility. I was the candidate. I was the person uh, who was on the ballot. Yeah, right. That's seven seconds. Seven seconds of Hillary Clinton saying that she takes full responsibility for the loss in 2016. Full responsibility. Seven seconds. And this is a 33-second soundbite. So seven seconds of taking responsibility. The rest of it is her saying it was everybody else's fault. I, I take absolute personal responsibility. I was the candidate. I was the person uh, who was on the ballot. And uh, I am uh, very aware of, you know, the challenges, the problems, the... Um, um, but I was on the way to winning until the combination of Jim Comey's letter on October 28th and Russian WikiLeaks raised doubts in the minds of people who were inclined to vote for me but got scared off. <laughs> what got in the way? What, what, what actually was the substance of what got in the way? There would be no James Comey letter if Hillary Clinton had actually followed the law and not set up her own homebrew server, right? There would have been no James Comey letter if she had actually thought that she was bound by the rule of law, which she didn't share that appraisal. There would have been no WikiLeaks to leak had the Democrat Party not been such reprobates. Everything that was leaked out of WikiLeaks was the truth. Now, I don't support the way it was achieved, but the net result was this. The truth was known about Democrats and Hillary Clinton. And that was enough to sink her. The truth is enough to sink Democrats. Remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. We got Thursday going on tomorrow. We'll see you back here. 3 o'clock Eastern on The Blaze. 900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.